Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Watchmen on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchmen on the wall. Listen to the watchmen on the wall. Listen to the watchmen on the wall. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense. Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. It is Wednesday, the day that we are honored to have our dear friends, Brian and Kathy, all the way from Hawaii, Kauai, a beautiful island in the Pacific. Uh, what are you guys doing today? How are you? I know that there was an explosion. There was an underground volcano. There's a million things going on in the world today, Brian and Kathy. What is the Lord saying through you to you? And good morning. God bless you. I love it. I love it. Amen. Isn't that the truth? And um, all right, so let's uh, get into it with that thought in mind. The righteous are as bold as a lion. I was just looking at an article where Bill Gates was telling everybody that's unvaccinated are going to die this winter, uh, particularly in the Northeast here in the United States, because they just refuse to get vaccinated. And the Omicron is going to sweep through. It's going to kill the unvaccinated. And then when we come out of it, Everybody's going to go back to normal, and they, those who survived will do this. And uh, then we have Russia is ready to invade Ukraine, right? They're talking about this supposed war. 
Um, we have all these issues going on, a rising food price. They're talking about that black horse riding uh, where there's economic imbalance and famine that may hit the earth in uh, areas that have, would never dream. So again, we live in this season of the signs of the times, and we are trying to navigate through and live an abundant life in Jesus Christ. Let's begin to put it all together, Brian and Kathy. First of all, how are you two doing? And let's get into the conversation. Good. Well, tell us about it. What's going on that you're doing so well? Wow. So, yeah, very, very good. So you're preparing for uh, the things that God is showing you. You both are in transition. You're ready to be moving on. Do you have a time frame for when you may be arriving into the continental United States? Okay, very interesting timing. Very interesting timing. And uh, things are going smooth for you. Things are going well. Can't hear about walk dog. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So God is in control. He's moving it. I love it. Wow, that's amazing. Can't hear my walk talk. Can't hear my walk talk. Right. Okay. Yeah. Patricia was just confirming that uh, people on Blog Talk are not able to hear the broadcast from your from your side. So I'm not sure. Um, I know on Facebook, YouTube, Omega Radio, yes. Um, in the video per section, but the blog talk radio, sorry guys, not sure what it is, uh, why we can't get through, um, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah, we can be heard on the other video programs. So uh, it's important. And you were talking about, you know, that missionary thing. And, and it, several weeks ago, we were talking, Brian, and, um, you know, we kind of viewed you both as missionaries that have gone out into the world to Honduras and gave your lives to the service of the kingdom and sharing the gospel with people out there. And, um, you know, the life of a missionary, does that ever end? Or is it just in your blood and by the spirit of God where everything you do has a missionary, you know, intel behind it? Okay. Amen.
Yeah, so why don't we do this? Um, you know, there are people that are listening and will be listening to this broadcast, and, um, you know, they may hear one radio broadcaster saying, you know, these people don't understand the preacher of rapture. We're out of here in the preacher of rapture. And they say things. And then the, the only backup of scripture I've ever heard with the preacher of rapture was 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So if someone's listening today and they hear us saying, well, you know, these people that believe in the preacher of rapture, man, that's just really bad stuff. Why don't we get into a little bit of doctrine on this this morning and uh, go through the scripture? And I don't, if it takes an hour, it takes an hour. And, you know, maybe we could start in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, cruise on over to 1 Thessalonians 4, and let's find out where this pre-tribulational rapture doctrine, um, you know, does exist in the Bible, if it does. And if it doesn't, let's go ahead and just show the people and talk to the people why we do not believe that the pre-tribulational rapture doctrine is real and why it could be devastating to millions of people who will find themselves unprepared to face the Antichrist and the Great Tribulation that it seems many, most believers today believe are, is coming. So why don't we get into that? Where would you start, Brian and Kathy, uh, in this conversation on the doctrine of the rapture? Okay, so a quick, inter a quick interjection. Um, in Daniel, and, and I want to get back there, and we will go to, into these other scriptures. In Daniel chapter 7, where you just quoted, where it says um, in verse 13, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion and which shall not pass away in his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. I've always linked that, uh, Daniel chapter 7, where the clouds of heaven brought the Son of Man to the Ancient of Days where he received his kingdom, to Acts chapter 1, where the cloud received them, him out of their sight, and that cloud... Uh, brought him to the Ancient of Days. Do you believe the same way with that? Okay, good. So we're on the same page there. And uh, there's those clouds again. Let me ask you this question, uh, and this is uh, for the benefit of those listening right now and wanting to study this. Uh, their Bibles are out. Their page notes are ready to go. Um, the, if we were to take what we're talking about right now, the, the rapture, um, we know that it's associated, even though that word rapture is not used in scripture anywhere. We know that. Um, it's something so, of an idea that's been injected, as I understand it. Um, we're it, it all centers around this period of time called the Great Tribulation. 
And the idea of these conversations uh, that we're having about the rapture is that many people have been led to believe that they are going to be a part of something called the pre-tribulation rapture, the rapture or the catching away, which we call the harpazo uh, in other scriptures, where there, people are going to disappear off the face of the earth right before the tribulation period begins with the Antichrist. Now, where do people, okay, and then there are some people believe in the middle of the tribulation period. We do know that the tribulation, the great tribulation, is three and a half years, as you said. And then there are people that think, well, halfway through that, we're going to be out of here. And then other people, uh, as ourselves, believe that we're going to go through the entirety of that great tribulation period if we're the generation to be here. And then after that, you bring up an excellent point that after that tribulation, when everything starts happening, the sun, moon, and stars, nobody knows at that moment. We just know now's the season. Excellent point. Um, But the the thing is, where do people come up with the idea, uh, that individual that goes to church on a Sunday morning and pastor so-and-so says, uh, the the, the rapture is on the way before the tribulation, where do they, for, for the most part, get that idea from? Grab a coconut and a pineapple. Absolutely. Okay, Uh, excellent points. And again, to that individual that may be listening right now and wanting to understand pure doctrine about this particular issue, there are other issues we're going to talk about in just a little bit, but about the the doctrine of the rapture. Uh, A friend of mine used to say in the Latin, it literally means to seize by force, you know, and to take away. And uh, you get some other definitions I don't want to go into right now, but um, this forceful taking away, this herpazo, this catching away, this translation out of here before the tribulation, you're saying that what begins that narrative is the idea that Christians are being told that God would never subject you to any wrath. Now, you just made the point that for 2,000 years, the church has been subjugated to the wrath of governments, the wrath of men, the wrath of Islam, the wrath of the Roman Empire, uh, you know, on down the list. And so the tribulation period, obviously they don't believe, you know, I don't believe we're subject to the wrath of God. I do not believe that as a genuine follower of Jesus Christ, that we, any of us who love the Lord, are going to experience his wrath. But what you've said and what we believe is that the great tribulation is not the wrath of God. And so many people mistakenly say that it is. But the great tribulation period that's spoken of in the Bible is the wrath of the dragon. We know that from Revelation 12, 17. And then Revelation 13 is his mechanisms of war against those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So the next question I want to ask you about the rapture then, and then, you know, the scriptures that support that idea. Well, we're not subject to wrath. And the idea that 
you know, no any wrath, because believers don't believe that they're subject to any wrath, and yet you just said 2,000 years, nothing but wrath against believers around the world at some point of time. So now the question is, well, how do we know that the Great Tribulation is in the ballpark? How, you know, why are we going to upset people's lives and tell them that they need to prepare because the Great Tribulation spoken of in the book of Revelation, Matthew 24, Mark 13, all these scriptures, is at the door right now? How, where do we get that information and the right to even proclaim that the Tribulation is in our generation? What are your thoughts on that? which is huge. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, Okay, excellent, excellent point, and uh, you just confirmed again. Uh, we've heard people say, um, you know, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's telling me these things, and yet when you go to confirm it in the Word of God, it is not confirmed in the Word of God by two or three scriptures. I mean, every word be established by two or three, that is super important. And every one of these doctrines, we would have to find for the pre-trib rapture to be true, we would have to find two or three scriptures and I believe absolutely in the New Covenant, um, and there should be Old Testament supporting the idea, okay, or the truth, not an idea, the truth. So um, we need to find where these particular scriptures are that support the church being disappearing off the face of the earth, which the Bible does support, that there will be a, a, a resurrection of the dead, which is supernatural, there will be people alive and remaining being caught up or pazoed to meet the Lord in the air. We'll all be changed in a moment, the twinkling of an eye. The dead in Christ will rise. We alive and remaining will be changed. That's going to happen. We get that. We believe that. And it's just about the timing now. So there's got to be proof and evidence in the scripture that the timing of this rapture or this catching away, this surpazo, this translation, uh, we need to find that in scripture. And one of the predominant passages that people talk about, since I've understood this, um, is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And this is where supposedly that is where the pre-trib rapture is absolutely unveiled. So we need to walk through that just a little bit and see if we can find it there. Would you agree? All right, let's do it. You ready? Okay, so let's go into 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and find this, and maybe there's some other passages we'd like to hear from our listeners about, but this all begins in, in chapter 4, verse 13, 1 Thessalonians, and to those that have heard this over and over and over again, thank you for hearing it one more time. Um, but let's find this. I want to go with it with a microscope, and I want to find the pre-trib rapture. I'm looking for the pre-tribulational rapture that uh, the, the, the many denominations and doctrines are talking about today. So verse 13, 
but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. What does that mean to you, Brian and Kathy? So it's, talk, so it's talking about the resurrection so far. All right, not, not talking about any other events. Uh, so, so he's saying uh, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. So obviously these living believers had loved ones who believed that died. And Paul's writing to them, don't be sad like everybody else that has no hope because he's talking about the resurrection. Okay, so that's obvious. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep or die in Jesus, will God bring with him? Is that saying anything that I'm, I'm missing here? Or is that just direct re, uh, resurrection? Yeah. All right. So verse 15, for this we say unto you, Paul's writing, by the word of the Lord. So he got this from the Lord somewhere. I believe we find this in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. This we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord. Now, Brian and Kathy, do you believe that this coming of the Lord is the same one that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24 and Mark 13? Okay. So this says uh, that those alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord. Now, in Matthew 24, as you said earlier, verse 29, immediately after the tribulation, the sun, moon, stars, all these things, then they'll see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. So we know that it's after the tribulation, according to Matthew 24, where Jesus said, immediately after the tribulation, he talks about the coming of the Lord. So there are people that are going to be made alive, uh, and those alive and remaining Unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them. We will not, the, the living saints will not prevent them which are asleep or those who died. For the Lord said himself, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Where do we find that at? Where, did, where is this the word of the Lord? The dead in Christ shall rise first. Okay. So if the if the if the Lord's coming and he's descending from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. We'll see that in 1 Corinthians 15 as well. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. So the dead ones have been caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So again, this is the Lord does not return to the earth. Um, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, what I've never understood, and I'm going to be very honest about this in my heart, where Paul's writing here about this is what the Lord says. This, this is the word of the Lord. Um, that the dead shall rise first. When I read Matthew 24, I don't see this. Am I missing it somewhere in Matthew 24 about the dead rising? Because all I read in Matthew 24 is basically the Lord returns, and uh, we read it here immediately, after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, the stars, of, uh, stars shall fall from heaven, the powers of the heavens shall be shaken, then shall appear the sign 
of the Son of Man in heaven. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. There's the trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from the one end of heaven to the other. It doesn't necessarily say a resurrection of the dead, but it just says a gathering together of the elect. Is that referring to the gathering together of the elect, the resurrection and the living saints? Okay, so that's, you know, that's something we have to come to grips with and understand, well, where is this coming from? Uh, where, this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that the, the resurrection will take place, just for accuracy. And I find the same thing in, um, in Luke and in Mark. And I don't think it discredits what, what's being said. I just, I'm just wanting to understand he doesn't necessarily say the resurrection. So where would that be? Is that back in Daniel chapter 12? Is that where we connect that to? Or Okay, okay. Okay, very good. Uh, I found this in Matthew, uh, Daniel chapter 12. And at that time, verse 1, shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which stands for the children of thy people. There shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even at that same time. Sounds like the tribulation period. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. Many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. So here we have that tribulation period where there is a resurrection, but again, it's not found in Matthew, Mark, or Luke in the, uh, the end time scenario that Jesus was talking about. So something to search out there. Uh, let's go back for just a moment. You said the first sign, Israel returns in 1940, uh, 1948. That, even though there may have been wars and rumors of wars for 2,000 years, 6,000 years, However long, this is something that happens that creates an entirely different scenario about these days. What's another sign of the tribulation beginning now in our generation? Okay, and so that's, that's an added one. I hadn't thought of that one. Uh, give us another sign of the times why our generation could be candidates or qualified to be the generation that will witness the great tribulation that's been spoken of for 2,000 years. What other sign would there be? And he was Chinese governmental power, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not yeah. And that's not that's that's very that's very obvious. 
and there's yet there's a lot greater subtleties coming. I want to read a verse out of 1 Corinthians 15, staying intact with where we are. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 50, Paul again writing, says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit corruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep or die, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So Paul writes twice to the Thessalonians, to the Corinthians, that this is the mystery. Here's how it's going to work. Christ is going to return in the clouds. A trumpet's going to blast. There's going to be a shout of an archangel. The dead in Christ are going to rise. We're going to be caught up. We're going to all be changed. The only thing that I'm, I'm looking for is when Paul says in verse 15 of 1 Thessalonians 4, we say, this we say to you by the word of the Lord, where do we ever find Jesus actually saying uh, that there will be a resurrection of the dead and then a gathering together? Because it seems like that's how he's kind of putting it out there. So we're going to search that matter out. How about the sign? Let's get into another sign. Uh, in Daniel chapter 12, it talks about the, the increase of technology. Do you believe that our generation that we are witnessing since 1948, within the context of this generation, 73 years at this point, that we have witnessed probably in the history of the world the most advanced technological explosion to ever hit the face of the earth? Do you kind of find that to be true? That's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. And as missionaries, uh, this other part of that prophecy makes a lot of sense as well, uh, where he says, oh, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. And even to the time of the end, many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. So we have knowledge increasing both on uh, the light side of the day and the dark side of the day. And then those running to and fro, this has been the season of the missionaries probably like never before in the history of the world where missionaries are being sent out all over the world and people are traveling all over the world in our generation like never before. Uh, how do those two connect? I had a friend that was doing a lot of uh, traveling and was supporting getting Bibles to different nations, and he was talking about the uh, outpouring of the Spirit of God in Afghanistan and Iran and how they were getting this New Testament, and they were going, why have we never seen this before? And they were studying it, and they were finding the Messiah, and that was a beautiful thing. So people are being touched all over the world, no doubt about it, which is an amazing thing. Um, I wanted to ask you one other question, and... Um, the trumpets in Revelation chapter 8, because I believe personally, and I don't know how you feel about this, that the book of Revelation is the final word of God. It is the prophecy that is going to be uh, fulfilled in, in that final generation. I believe that. It's a spiritually written book. I have actually studied enough to find out that there is evidence, if we just cover the last 2,000 years of what we call the church kingdom age, that at least five of the seals and I believe in the chronological order of the book of Revelation. That's how I study it for a reason. Um, and I can find evidence of the first five seals opening. I haven't found where yet I've understood the sixth seal opening. But I know when the sixth seal opens, then you have a pause in chapter 7 
of Revelation. And then chapter 8 is like a follow-up of that sixth seal shaking the whole earth and these trumpets blasting, because that would, these events have to continue on to lead us up into the Great Tribulation period. Have you ever discovered that any of the trumpets in the book of Revelation chapter 8 and 9 have been blown at all? That's a great book. Well, And so when you read that, getting back to the Egyptian empire in Revelation chapter 8, the first four trumpets, they seem to mirror what was happening against the Egyptian empire right before the children of Israel went out. When you read those, uh, those first four trumpets, you have a sea impact, you have a celestial impact, you have a water impact, you have a land impact uh, from all these celestial signs, whatever they may be, whatever was happening to uh, Egypt Um, These first four trumpets are happening to the world system in today's uh, vernacular, in today's society. Um, So I wanted to throw this out there because I find this to be absolutely amazing. The only letter in the New Testament that we have that is to be considered written after 70 AD was the book of Revelation. Every other letter Uh, from going all the way from uh, the book of Acts all the way through to the book of Jude, every single letter was written before 70 AD. And it's phenomenal to me that here we are 2,000 years down the road, and we have this book of letters that was written 2,000 years ago, and how we act as though, not act, but that we are somehow connected to this that we never saw Jesus, we don't know what he looks like, this was written in the middle of the world 2,000 years ago to a different culture, a different language, and, you know, we pick this up, and how is it phenomenally uh, amazing that we feel so deeply connected? And I, the only thing I saw, uh, and I'm going to turn you over on this, but First Peter chapter 1, this, this really helped me, where he said, In verse 8, whom having not seen you love, in whom though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So him who we love, we have never seen. We believe that this word has something to do with us. How how did we get there? How how is this even possible today that 2,000 years down the road, we have letters that were written thousands of years ago, not one of them after 70 AD except the book of Revelation, how is it possible that we're connected to this? What is, what is your thought about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
fire. Yeah, so, huh? Yeah, thank you. So I, I, I have to ask the people that are listening right now, and I love the way you're telling the story. Doesn't it kind of just marvel everybody today that we, I have spent the last 40 years, this March, I will have accepted Christ when, as a 19-year-old man into my heart, I by myself in my bedroom upstairs, Rimstone Lane, Rancho Bernardo, San Diego, California, Uncle Frank's house. Forty years I have been studying this book as though I'm connected to it, and yet it's all about a story. <laughs> to me, it's just absolutely phenomenal that we believe the, that we're living our life, and yet this message. This book, this revelation, this narrative has changed my life. I guess if I would have read, read uh, what was it, Nitschke or, uh, you know, Mein Kampf or something like, maybe that would have changed my life. Man, I went to seven high schools. I really didn't like education. I was an athlete and all that stuff. But this book, 40 years still reading it, realizing I know very little because of the depth of it, and yet it has changed my life that somehow in my bedroom 40 years ago, somebody told me about Jesus, that he loved me, had a plan for my life and a purpose. So I ask him into my heart, and I have this experience that I've never had on any kind of drug whatsoever, and I used a lot of them. But here's this experience of love, this divine agape love is the only way to describe this, where this God in heaven, who wasn't, you know, just 2,000 years ago, that he's alive today, and, he's, and he's, he's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, that this living God and his living son, who's not dead on a cross anymore or buried in a tomb because of the resurrection, that somehow the spirit of God draws me to him and God is drawn to me and I and experience his love and I read his word and it changes. That is to me absolutely supernatural and phenomenal. And I believe every Christian on this planet ought to feel the same way. What are your thoughts? Yeah, what is that? This is amazing. And so God's given us, and I'm sorry, and I'll be quiet here, just like he, Christ is our wisdom. The word of God has become our wisdom, our light, our source of revelation information. We know more about what's going on in the world right now through the biblical lens than any scientist in the world will ever know apart from Scripture. And so we have this incredible insight, wisdom, hope, resurrection, eternal life. 
I mean, my God, this is supernatural. How does this happen with a book with not one letter written beyond 70 AD except the book of Revelation? How does this happen that it's alive, that it's real, that it means something from generation to generation for 2,000 years, and we are looking at it as Israel coming back as a nation, which was prophesied in this book. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah, amen, amen, yeah, yeah, praying for a better one. Man, oh man, this is, this is so rich. And uh, so, okay. Yeah, and so that's what the devil was using to destroy your life, to get you out of the ball game, to send you, your soul to hell, was drugs and alcohol and sin, and yet the gospel came through, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Somehow you as a human being, 2,000 years after this book was ever written, you knew that you were a sinner. How does that happen? And you can't tell me there's a soul on this earth that doesn't know deep down inside that they have condemnation written all over their life because they are guilty how do they know that this is God? This is all together, almighty God, and it is a phenomenal, phenomenal journey, and it's beyond comprehension. It's just beyond everything that we're in this, and yet we're the generation. We're actually here by design, on purpose, witnessing Bible prophecy that has not been fulfilled in 2,000 years and if there were ever little, you know, types and shadows or uh, minor explosions of Bible prophecy from generation to generation being fulfilled, nothing like our generation, because of what you said, Israel becoming a nation, technological explosion, people traveling all over the world, the environment, the atmosphere all over the world that's going on globally for the first time, the interconnectedness of nations like never before. Wow. You know, just wow. Right, and, and we can only come to the Father by being drawn. He draws us. He chooses. He initiates. Um, what happened to me 40 years ago, what happened to you guys when it happened to you, is that somehow the spirit of the living God, the eternal spirit of God, comes down, boinks us, touches us, some area of our lives. We awaken to a reality that God is alive. We're alive. Something happens in our lives that brings about a change, a transformation, which to me is extremely against supernatural. And we are the generation that 2,000 years of a church age of, of believers coming to faith by the grace of God in the gospel age, in the kingdom age, 2,000 years. And we are the ones standing here right now with the torch being handed down from generation to generation with the torch lit going. There's more proof by this book in our generation then 2,000 years ago that Christ, the King, is coming. And we are actually longing and believing that Jesus, the Christ from Nazareth, is going to leave his throne. And there is going to be a coming in these clouds, whatever that means. And there's going to be a resurrection of the dead and a people going to meet the Lord in the air, being with him forever in glorified bodies, and then coming back and ruling and reigning for a 1,000 years during a millennium, I mean, this is amazing. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a false hope. 
It's biblical. And yet everything that talks about that moment is connected to the times we're living in. Absolutely amazing, Brian and Kathy. Amen. Amen. Well, if it's to me personally, you're not asking me personally, no. Oh, you are? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know the I know the right answer is right now. Uh, however, it would have been really cool to have touched Jesus, but then I know guys did, and it didn't work out too well for them. So I think right now is exactly the best time to be here uh, for us, and I don't understand at all uh, why that is. But, yeah, I, I think right here it is. Amen. And just one quick interjection as you're talking, the, the, the understanding that we, through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, that we have a clear conscience before God, that we are seeing things clearly because the sin, the block of sin, the darkness of sin has been taken away from our hearts and minds, that we are a people of joy and glee and gladness and have a hope and an expectation a confident expectation, and we're in this moment. We're here on purpose. Each one of us needs to find our calling. Uh, I want to just talk about one disturbing thing uh, in my soul that I'm a little disturbed about. And, uh, you know, for example, vaccination. Uh, We're not allowed to say the word because they're going to say something uh, that's very frustrating. And what I want to say to somebody today is, uh, you know, the governments of the world right now, they're saying, hey, human human sheeple, uh, we're going to take care of you. You know, we're going to take you from the cradle to the grave, and we're going to make sure that you have a nice life, and we're going to give you vaccinations, and we're going to give you food, we're going to give you water. You don't give us anything. The government was never designed to give us anything. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and I rebuke and I reprove this idea that government is our daddy and our mommy. It is not our mother and father. And in the United States of America, Patricia and I were talking about this, you know, the founding fathers, who are they, the founding fathers? Well, these are people that fought for a nation. These are people that came here, fought a revolutionary war, whatever, whatever, whatever. That's the fact. That's why we're here, at least part of the fact. And uh, we've been a free society, or else we would have been under the crown of England, and we would have been back under oppression. If we didn't fight in World War II, uh, we would have been all speaking German or Shinto. Only God knows. So right now is a frustration that government is exalting itself to the degree that it is in a nation that's not supposed to be happening in. And outside of the biblical lens of, These are the signs of the times. This is what's happening. It's unfair. It's unjust. But there is no truth in this. It's a lie. It's a deception. But it's biblical. But it is frustrating. And I just wanted to get that out. I don't know where it's going, but that's what I wanted to say.
Well, this is happening, and I'm sorry, my final interjection. This is happening, Pastor Kevin Honeycutt, his wife Nancy, they told her the other day, or they told him, uh, she's going to have a heart attack, her lungs are going to blow out, but what we can do is give her three shots and she'll go peacefully. He had to stand in the gap and fight and say, I'm getting rid of these doctors, these nurses with their bad reports, they're evil. And a new nurse came in and did something different, and she's back to normal again. So there's this, there's this huge battle going on, but they want to say, it's time. They wanted to tell my father-in-law when he was 92 years old, Mr. B in the hospital, oh, he had a brain concussion, get the tomb because he's going to die. Thank God Patricia walked in and said, we didn't move here for my father to die in a car accident. And people started praying and interceding. He wound up living another eight years and got born again and received eternal life into his heart. So these people that act like they know something, the church of Jesus Christ has got to rise up in the authenticity and in the power and the spirit and start operating in the kingdom in these days and finding that way into uh, you know, a way of life that the government wants to control. Isn't that kind of the time... Don't put donor. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's <laughs> exactly right. That's exactly right. Wow. Yeah, the day of judgment is here. We're recognizing it. We're living through the biblical lens and by the Holy Spirit. We're, we're proclaiming that. Uh, repent and receive the eternal life through faith and the grace of God. And we know that message so profoundly, and we keep going out there. Uh, last seven minutes of our broadcast, uh, you guys are getting ready to make your transition. You're feeling healthy. You got through. You got more antibiotics now or antibodies. You have a stronger immune system for having gone through uh, the fear uh, they are wanting to. I guess Joe Biden is going to be talking to the nation today, probably a little bit frustrated about the way things are going because of resistance. Um, and yet there are people that are still getting into mandating and forced vaccinations and working hard to make it that way. Uh, where do you see things going at this point? Where do you see the next maybe two and a half months going? Could be, could be. Yeah, no, Dana. Yeah, it's a lot. That's a, that's it's great information. Uh, also, the release of 5G towers. Uh, you know, the airlines are now kind of resisting their planes down, waiting for that to happen. Um, I have had some friends recently, and you know, actually, this one gentleman, uh, he actually said um, that this pandemic was 
going to happen before it happened in 2020. And he came out recently and they, he's, he's been sharing something and he's been kind of very, there's nothing to speak of, of, you know, no names or anything like that. And he just said, man, I'm, I, I've got the strangest, strangest feeling that an electromagnetic pulse that they're going to go out with, they're going to come with a lights out scenario uh, to darken the earth for a, for a moment. And I actually, you know, anticipate that time will happen. But again, you know, you can grab any one of these super thriller ideas, but it's, everything is swirling around us. We've got one minute left. Kathy, Brian, you want to share something, say something to the body before we leave? No. True. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy, anything you'd like to say before we go today? Can't wait. Can't wait. Amen. Now I don't have to be afraid of it anymore. Right. I don't have to be afraid. I love it. Yeah. 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 Amen. You guys are awesome. All right. Safe journeys. We'll see you next week, Lord willing. And uh, Brian and Kathy, great. God bless you both. Missionaries traveling all over the world. Love you guys. All right. We'll see you. All right, that's it for us today. You've been listening to The Watchmen here on Omega Radio, Brian and Kathy Gray, all the way from Hawaii, just kind of having a conversation about what's going on in the world today and some doctrinal issues. You know, one of the great doctrinal issues that are connected to the pre-trib rapture is the once saved, always saved situation. We need to look at it. I think there was a lot of wisdom today. And uh, we can carry the wisdom that we heard today and just allow the Holy Spirit to just pack it in. Get that oil in your lamp. Keep getting oil. Keep getting oil. Keep getting your victuals together. We're about to cross over. There's a transition coming, and we've got to go from this side to the other side, and we need to be ready to go through so that we're not going to get lost in this time of transition. Um, So stay the course. Okay? We love you. God bless you. Have a super blessed day. And again, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Thanks for supporting this ministry, however you feel led to do so. We deeply appreciate it. Thanks a million, guys. See you tomorrow. Lord willing, shalom. God bless. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.